you, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 159 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back with another socially distant episode for you, for your socially distant, quarantined ass. So distant. Some people, some people are allowed to leave their houses now. We're not, but I mean, we apparently applied for a uh, an, a, an upgrade to phase one point five. One point five. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, they keep calling it like a modified phase one. It's like some businesses will be able to open at like 25% capacity or something. That's stupid. That's dumb. That's a that's a dumb thing. <laughs> I mean, it's better than, well, it's like, better than nothing, I guess, right? I guess. It's, you know, as, as much as I think that our governor is a total dipshit, like I thought that like the way he's been handling this has been pretty good for the most part. Um, but when he, you know, they started announcing these reopening, um, I mean, we talked, we talked about the phases before, but they like, he announced like certain parameters that each county had to fit in, in order to reopen or, you know, enter the next stage of the reopening. Um, and our county, which is where, you know, Seattle and, and a bunch of other large cities are. We're naturally the most dense, and so probably the one of the harder ones to get into those certain metrics. Um, and but it's like you know you've got people around the state getting furious at this this quarantine, the stay at home order, and I really think that our, our governor he just kind of like he he bent like he <laughs> he he just folded like he was. He was so strict about these guidelines for so long, and I think he just folded under the pressure. It's like, okay, we'll we'll make it a little easier for you guys. <laughs> Fuck I, the inherent danger in it. I don't know. I I don't have any kind of numbers or anything to back it up. But I know he's been working with the health department, and he's been working with uh, like the county executives and stuff. So, yeah. I don't know. He he said it would be numbers based and not like specifically, you know, X amount of timeline or anything. Right. So I don't know. Maybe they got new information that they thought would speed up the process along. I don't know. Well, we you... actually have uh, the same number of cases per one hundred thousand people that Spokane County does, and they're in phase two. So Maybe because they have like fewer people overall. I I don't know. Maybe it doesn't seem like it should matter, but 
What no, do I it's know? It's supposed to be like a percentage, so. <laughs> what do I know? I'm just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do science. Uh, but you know, people are really stepping out and um, not socially distancing over the last yeah, we, uh, four days or so. We're destined for a huge spike. Um, for those of you not following the news, you may have heard. In case you live in, like, Bolivia or something. <laughs> you may have heard. Although I'm pretty sure Bolivia even knows. That the United States, uh, well, I mean, at this point, I don't think it's too far-fetched to say that we might be heading into another civil war. So that's fun. I mean, after the actions of our so-called president just uh, about two hours ago, it's uh, it's pretty hard to hard to say otherwise at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to bring you guys up to date in case you, for whatever reason, somehow have not been following the news in Minneapolis, uh, a black man named George Floyd was killed by Minnesota police or uh, sorry, Minneapolis police. Um, and for four days, uh, nothing was done. Um, it was ignored by fish officials, almost all the way up to the governor's office. I mean, if I remember right, it seemed like the governor of Minnesota was pretty, uh, outraged um and I, I could be misspeaking about that but um yeah this man I, I don't remember his age not that it's relevant but he uh i want to say it was like 43 but i'm not i'm not i was gonna say that. early 40 somewhere yeah, but, i think 43 but i'm, I'm not 100 percent on that um but yeah so the p- police uh restrained him for supposedly like the the initial um claim was that he tried to pass a bad check and then it came out that he was trying to pass a, a counterfeit 20 which turned out to not be counterfeit if i if i heard correctly that's what i have heard um so they restrained him they toss, tussled with him and pinned him to the floor and put their or the officer put his knee directly on the back of his neck and despite pleading for was it 15 minutes that he couldn't breathe uh, it was nine um, minutes nine minutes um uh he was still it, it, it did nothing and he ultimately asphyxiated and died um the state coroner tried to say that the the restraint had nothing to do with it that he had underlying health problems and a possible um, uh, possible substance in his in his blood or something. Yeah. Uh, basically, victim shaming, like the the most um, disgusting display of victim shaming that I've heard in 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 recent years. Um, and you know, if that weren't bad enough on its own, it's just another example in a seemingly never-ending string of racism and uh, police brutality and just uh, general um, governmental uh, overstep. Well, overstep, but um, um, 
disavowing, I guess, of of um, not just black people, but minorities in general. Um, and, you know, what you might consider marginalized groups. Um, so, I mean, in that time, now the, the arresting officer has been uh, fired. He's been arrested and now he's being charged with manslaughter and uh, and murder. Yep. Um, the other three officers that stood by and did nothing um, have also been fired. Fired, I think, and I think they're also being charged. I'm not sure exactly with not, what. Not yet. I, I thought I had just heard on the news that there were going to be charges brought. Um, oh, but last I heard, they were still free men. Yeah, I don't think they've been arrested, but yeah, they're still out there. Um, I, they're either suspended or don't have their jobs anymore. I'm pretty sure. All four were fired. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so, uh, but. In the uh, general public eye, that is too little too late, and there have been sweeping protests across the country, not only in the United States, but across the world. Um, we have Canadian friends who have been posting about the protests in, in Vancouver. Um, I think there's one in Toronto as well. Um, I saw one in Dublin, one in London. Yeah, um, there's one in uh, New Zealand um, and uh, Berlin, I think. So across the world, um, the human race, not just the American public, but the human race uh, has been, um, it's really the straw that broke the camel's back. And so um, for lack of a better term, the world's a little bit on fire right now. Um, and in the, many cases, the, literally. Yep. Yep. There were no shortage of actual fires, uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, specifically. Yep. Um, Washington DC has been on fire for a couple days now. Yep. The epicenter of this entire global outrage is of course the United States, because why wouldn't it be? Um, and today, because it's been a, a fundamental and systemic issue in this country for 300 years. Yep. Um, and it's gone on, uh, not, it's gone on all, but completely ignored. Um, you know, back in the 1840s to 1860s, people thought that they, uh, solved something, um, when the North won the civil war, but all that really did was turn into a pissing contest. Um, and, uh, yeah. And today, um, in, in, in response to the protests going on around the country, some which included violence, mostly on behalf of the police who just can't seem to get out of their own way, uh, and, you know, stop brutalizing people. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, understand uh, using police brutality to combat police brutality. Just that doesn't make sense to me. Call me yeah, crazy. And shockingly, like I know that there's a. I use your word systemic, ongoing thing. Uh, a problem with racism in the Seattle Police Department that's mm-hmm. just been a constant for decades. Um, but I general genuinely thought that. SPD would have shown a little more restraint 
like of all police forces would have shown more restraint than they did, but it did not stop them from shooting innocent bystanders, not just not just protesters, but innocent bystanders with rubber bullets, uh, tear gas canisters, and any number of less lethal ammunition. Um, and uh, it's it's sickening. Um, it's it's genuinely upsetting. It's, I mean, it's been keeping me up at night. Like, yeah, I, I haven't been sleeping well. And, I mean, <clears throat> just the general stress of uh, the state of our, not just country, but world, um, is making me sick to my stomach. And if that weren't bad enough, um, our fearless leader today essentially uh, declared war on the American public. Um, he said that he was going to be sending armed military units into American cities where protests are happening um, and basically implied that he was going to use military force to, to end protests, which are constitutionally protected, by the way. Um, yeah, he also has no legal right to do that. No, he like, doesn't. The, the states have to request it. He can't just send them. Yeah. Oh, I know. But there actually is a small law that was introduced back in the early 1800s that allows the president to enact a form of martial law to ensure peace. Um, so he might be trying to use that. Um I'm, I'm pretty sure, though, that's the law that says that the states have to request it. I, I, I don't think that it just gives him sweeping power. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm no historian, so I don't, I can't. That's what I've read. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like we're neither of us are constitutional law experts. Um, you know, we don't know exactly where the where the precise legal parameters lie. Um, but uh we just need to um, reconcile <laughs> somehow the fact that the American president uh, threatened to declare war on the American public. That is, well, in the in the over two hundred over two hundred years that the that the U.S. has been is in existence, that has never happened. There's never been an American president that has declared war on his own citizenry. And I mean, arguably worse than that is he, his base is so wound up and there's I have seen multiple at this point videos people saying we're just waiting for Trump to give us the green light to go and start shooting and he absolutely gave them that green light today yep he said he, he started talking about the second amendment out of nowhere which is like it's, you can't even call it a dog whistle because it's a fucking bullhorn at this point He's, he's just telling people to take up arms and go clean up the streets themselves. It's absolutely terrifying. Like it is. I, I, I can't, I can't rationalize it. Like I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is beyond protesting at this point. I think. I mean, the 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 the, the cause and the need for protest is still out there. There's still racial, Obviously. 
injustice going on and nothing is at this point nothing has changed um but now we've got this bigger issue where the american president is threatening the american people with war yeah, um, he's, he's using the american military to to threaten the american people which is a dictatorship it's fascism yeah um I mean, we've got real-world horror here, but that's about as real-world horror as it gets, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's fucking terrifying. It's, you know, I'm sad, and I'm angry, and I'm scared. And I don't know how we get out of it. Yeah. Uh, at this point, no, well, not even November, January is a long way off. I mean, at, th- at this point... He's become so psychotic that I think he'd have to be forcibly removed. I mean, there's no shortage of people that believe that he's enacting martial law so he can cancel the election. Which is so absurd. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, petty's not even a big enough word for it. <laughs> it's it, psychotic. I mean, it, Yeah, I I mean, I This is going to sound like a tangent, but I'll come back to it. When I was younger, I always had it in my head that I'd have kids by the time I was in like my be, between my early and mid 20s, similar to what my parents did. Um I was born when my parents were 25. So relatively young, especially by today's standards. But in my head, through my childhood, through my teens, and even my early 20s, I kind of thought that that's kind of how my life would play out. Obviously, it didn't. Here we are. I'm 10 years older than they would than they were, and I still don't have yeah, kids. Yeah, somebody just had a birthday. Hey, that's me. My birthday was yesterday. Didn't want to talk about it much because it didn't seem relevant. <laughs> Yeah. At the time? It's, it's pretty trivial at Since, this point. Yeah. Everything's trivial. I mean. Like, I, I, there was there was a part of me that was like, I don't know if I want to record today. Cause yeah. Just, it just, I mean, here we are talking about it, but it seems trivial to talk about anything else. Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean, I'll just spoil it right now. Both of the movies we watched are garbage. <laughs> and Disagree. so, like, it, Huh? I disagree. You disagree. <laughs> so. But even still, like, I think we can agree that with what's going on, talking about two movies seems dumb. But I feel like this needs to be some kind of respite for people, whether or not people listen to us or not. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not we're definitely not one of the more popular podcasts and that's that's i'm fine with that we've been doing this for has, has it been six years yet uh, yeah yeah okay so we've been six doing this for six and a half years and we're not one of the the premier even horror podcasts i'd say um 
and I'm totally fine with that because we have our own little base that I'm happy with. Um, yeah, and like when, when we first started, we had these, you know, delusions of grandeur that we were going to be like this, this big podcast and we were going to, you know, take down all the big guys and stuff. Yeah. And now we're just like, whatever it's, you know, it's a chance for us to talk about shit for it. It's a respite for us too. Like that. Yeah. Like, it's just a way for us to, to talk to each other uh, every couple weeks and, you know, just kind of let everything else go. Not forget about yeah. it, obviously, but just kind of put it on the back burner for a couple hours and just have yeah, fun. And, you know, we're we're a couple of jackasses. We take everything, <laughs> uh, we make everything into a joke for the most part. Um, and we do that, be, you know, there are other horror podcasts out there that, or just podcasts in general that um, they're very uh, straight lined. And it hard nosed. I mean, it's it's very serious. I mean, think of something like um, a lore. Like lore is a very popular podcast, horror adjacent for the most part, um, but it's very straight. It's very. It, there's not. There's not a lot of joking, if any, um, and that's fine. We are the way that we are because that's how we are as friends. And we want to kind of put out some like levity mm-hmm. uh, in our show. Um, we don't want to be serious because we don't think that's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, like we have outlines for our show, but we don't have scripts. We, we just have a conversation. Yeah this this was this what twenty minutes <laughs> twenty minutes now has not been on the on the agenda. We didn't plan to talk about this. This is just right. shit that's come up. But, I, I mean, I don't want to toot our own horn, but I feel like people people in shows like us are important in times like this because you can't keep your head in something like this 24 hours a day. Um, you yeah. can't be constantly dreading the future because you'll go insane. So, yeah. You know, whether people listen to us for that reason or not, um, that's totally their call. But, you know, I just I want to be something out there for for people to kind of fall back on when they're exhausted from the world around them. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's it's not to forget what's going on, but it's just to kind of uh, just to step away. And like, like Tony said, you know, your mental health is, is important. And you, if you dwell on something extremely negative, like the state of the world, um, you, you're going to go crazy and you're, you're going to, it's going to affect your mental health in negative ways. And hopefully we can give people something to, to look forward to and to enjoy for at least a couple hours. Yeah. And, uh, I think just something I want to add before we kind of move on with the show um, is that this is a crux in society. I think this the, the racial tension has be, has reached fever pitch, um, and you know both of us, both as um, straight white cisgendered males. Um, we sit on this tower of privilege that would only get higher if we were rich. 
like you know our place in society would only be would only come with more privilege if we were wealthy on top of it and we i think we both recognize that um Mm -hmm. we both uh we we both I don't know if apolo- I don't know if apologetic. We're, 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 we are both apologetic that we have that privilege. That 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 the world is that way. Um, we both recognize, and I don't. <laughs> I don't mean to just speak for you, but I think we're both on the same page. Where we both recognize um, the struggle that people of different race and <clears throat> gender and sexual orientation um, struggle with every day. And while we can never fully understand it or comprehend it, we can empathize with it and try to do a part to make it better. Um, And I mean, I think that's, that's the important part about having some kind of privilege is to try and use it to spread the wealth in in a sense. Yeah. Um, Um, I, I, I agree. And as small as our platform may be, you know, like I, I didn't know how much we were going to talk about this, but as, as small as our platform is, we do have somewhat of a platform. And I think it's uh, our, our responsibility to use that platform to um, try and, you know, do what we can to make things better. Yeah. And I will just punctuate this by saying that, uh, Black lives fucking matter. Um, God damn right. There is. I can't. I can't. Uh, hang on. I, I. I got it. For anyone who responds with "All lives matter," if you if you honestly believe that all lives matter, then you already believe that Black lives matter. So I don't know why you're arguing. Yeah. I think people have it in their heads. The people that that act like that have it in their heads that for some reason Black ma- lives matter more. Or only and yeah. and that's that is not the case. It's the fact that society has almost gone out of its way to show that black mi- that that it <clears throat> thinks that black lives matter less. Yeah, it's literally just matter. Yeah, um, and it's it's upsetting that. That even that Black Lives Matter, it's upsetting that it even needs to be a thing, but yeah. it, it does. Um, I think more now than ever. Um, and there, there is no justice until Black Lives Matter doesn't need to be a thing. Yeah. Um. So I would encourage anybody listening to this to seek out something. Doesn't have to be on a global scale. Doesn't have to be on a national scale or even a statewide scale. Do something in in your community to not just make the community better, but to make yourself better and be part of the solution. Because when you're not at least trying to be, at least when you're not at least trying to be part of the solution, 
you're 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 being part of the issue and you're you're being com- complacent yeah complacency is com- com- complicity as they say um anyway so <clears throat> i think i think that's enough <laughs> on I, I do, for about I, half an hour here i have one more thing just to put a stamp on all this since it's the first day of pride i feel like we got to say gay lives matter trans lives matter like just let people live absolutely i don't know yeah that's and I, hard. It's, it's kind of it's kind of sad because i know it, it's only first day of june and you know pride month hasn't really gotten started yet um but i feel like it's being overshadowed a little bit right now um I don't know how many, um, you know, how, how many people of the LGBTQ community would be like irrationally upset with that, <laughs> considering the, the circumstances. But yeah, like Taylor said, I know that there are people out there. I mean, you, you still have our support, even, even if things might be getting overshadowed right now. Um, the support is still there. The support yes. for everyone. Yes. I mean, they're, they're, unless you're an asshole. That, that's the thing is, is all lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so yeah, just don't be an asshole. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if the thing that you do is as simple as not being an asshole, then that's something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so we're we're gonna get to the. Let's to move the, on with. Yeah, we're gonna get to the good stuff. We promise. <laughs> do you have anything to add before we press on? No. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, guys out there, you know, everybody protesting, everybody, um, everybody that's fighting against injustice, you have our support and our praise. So, um, okay. Back on track with the show. Before we get started with the, the main features. Want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. These uh, very, very special people help support this show financially, keep us keep us running. Um, we don't run a very expensive show here, but it does cost money, and we're so poor. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so those people are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B Movie, Max Zaleski. Aaron Meyer and Bob Voorhees. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, your support means the world to us, and uh, you know it. It, you're, it goes a long way to helping us keep things running. So, uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to help us out, where can they go? They can go to Patreon.com/slash Grave Plot Podcast. I was going to say you get perks for as little as a dollar, but Tony still hasn't made those videos. Moving on. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there's different tiers. You can uh, 
five dollars get your name in the show like the people tony just read one hundred dollars and i will get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass someday <laughs> when we can get tattoos again right um all right so uh i mean in light of everything that's going on you know something uh Something that's, and it actually didn't even come up when we were talking for half an hour, is that uh, COVID-19 is still sweeping the nation. Like I said, I think we're going to see a huge spike after these protests, because not only are people, like, I'm seeing a lot of people on TV and they are wearing the masks and stuff, but there's a lot of people that aren't. And on top of that, people are getting pepper sprayed. So when you get pepper sprayed, what's the first thing you do? You fucking cough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is gonna be an issue. <laughs> but Tom Savini, God bless him, he's uh putting out some uh uh masks. They're not like medical grade, I don't think. Um that seems like it would be extra costly, but um something I thought was weird is that they're shaped like the bottom half of a Jason mask. And you know, it's fine, like he he created Jason, but he didn't. He, the mask wasn't his idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because he worked on part, or he worked on the first movie and the third movie, or sorry, the fourth movie, and uh, the mask was uh, used in the third movie. So it's kind of like Ari Lehman. Who's who keeps using like the image of the mask, Jason? It's like, dude, that was never you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's know. interesting don't because hustle, man. What's that? Don't knock the hustle. I guess. I mean, they look cool. <laughs> Give them that. Yeah. But something man. else is, I saw somebody else. Uh, I don't know if you ever look at just the uh, the things you might be interested in on Instagram. Um, but I saw one of those pop up is a guy, he's just like a little prop house guy in an independent business. Uh, he started selling them and that was like a week before I saw anything about Savini. Uh So kind of jacked this guy's idea, I think. Um, I also saw horror decor is selling some with like, they're, they're just like the cloth masks, but they have like graphics of like Jason's mask or uh, um, oh, what are some of the other ones? I think there's like a zombie one. Um, there's like Silence of the Lambs, the cannibal mask. Cool, cool. They're pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I, you guys have masks, I assume. Um, yeah. And, you know, Kristen has a couple that she either bought or um, got for free from people that were making them. The mask I've been using is something that I bought for um, for working in, in a shop, like around like wood dust and stuff like that. Um, it's It's got like a PPE filter in it. It's a, it's a HEPA filter. Um, so it, it's not N95 um, certified. But it has been tested to be like all, like pretty much equivalent to one, um, so that's what I've been using. <laughs> Fancy, yeah. um, but I but tried to go buy some... more. Fil- 
Go ahead. I, I just, I've been trying to buy more filters for it, but of course it's they're all sold out. So. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got some that like tie in the back, and then she bought some of the ones with like the elastic that goes over your ears. Mm-hmm. And I can't wear those ones. They I don't know if it's just these ones are too small or what, but they just they pull my ears forward, and then they just pop off. Hmm. I've been seeing for those masks in particular. I've seen been seeing a lot of things where people have like a like a strap that connects the the two bands behind their head rather than hooking them behind their ears. Oh, yeah. I've just been wearing the ones that tie in the back because I can't. Even if I can get them to stay on, then they push my glasses off. Wow. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Okay. Um. Wear a mask. Please, please wear a mask. God damn it! It, it I, I had because we just put in this new our new front door, and so I've had to go to Home Depot about half a dozen times over the last week or so. Um, and it's sickening how many people aren't wearing masks. Like less than half of the people in there were wearing masks. It it was like a full house. Like I had to park in the back of the parking lot. And like half, less than half of these people were wearing masks. It was fucking infuriating. <sighs> Wear a mask. Anyway, um, and they're making a "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead" remake. Yeah. Or is that a? Okay. Why not? <laughs> they said it's going to be very diverse. Very diverse, huh? Yep. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, I hope, I hope this doesn't sound. I hope this doesn't sound hypocritical to everything I just said. But whenever they use that as like a selling point for a movie, that to me just sounds like they're just checking boxes. Oh, absolutely. They're ju- they're trying to rake in demographics. Yeah. I mean, if they're gonna have, you know, I I don't know what they mean by diverse. I don't know if they mean racially. I don't know if they mean they're gonna have like a trans babysitter or whatever. But if they do, I hope that they cast someone who is, you know, if it's trans, I hope that they they cast a trans actor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, because representation is important. Um. Okay. Let's talk about some actual horror business. Almost 40 minutes in, and we're finally getting to it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so um, over in Bolivia, or down in Bolivia, I guess, um, a pan pan flute orchestra. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't stand listening to the four guys playing in the Seattle Center. (laughs) Not a lot of old fucking orchestra. Man, I gotta tell you, finding real world horror stories right now just feels so weird. Because it's like, I read something like this and I'm like, that's fucking nothing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There are cops killing people. Yeah. The the point of real world horror is to try try and bring some levity to the, you know, the the truth is stranger than fiction kind of stories. um, And not necessarily to just depress everybody right there have been some fucked up stories that we've 
purposefully avoided because it was just it was just too much. It's like it's just too sad. Yeah, like people killing kids. It's like yeah, that's real world horror, but I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, so it's like I don't want to joke about that. You know. Yeah. I, I try um, not to do things where people get you know killed or maimed or things that sound like they could be out of a horror movie but ultimately end sure. up not so bad <laughs> um okay but a bolivian pan flute orchestra has been stuck in quarantine for about two months um and they've been on the grounds of a grand 15th century palace outside of berlin Oh, okay, so this isn't in Bolivia. Um, no, they're, they're from Bolivia, but they're stuck in Berlin. Got it. Um, yeah, there's uh, 20 members of this orchestra, um, and they've been... <laughs> 20 like fucking stuck pan on... flutes. That sounds... Like, <laughs> I equate that to listening to, like, like a recorder concert in elementary school. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, so they've been stuck on the grounds uh, of the Rheinsberg Palace, uh, which is a castle, uh, which has a, uh, <laughs> has its own moat. Uh, it's like a legit generations... castle. What's that? Like a legit castle. Right. Uh, and it's housed generations of German royals. Um, doesn't sound too bad, right? Yeah, seems like you. There's a, there are worse places to be quarantined. You're not in a haunted house like the people in India. Or are they? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Rheinsberg Palace is said to be haunted <laughs> by the ghost of Frederick the Great. Uh, and if you're not afraid of ghosts, like this guy here, um, perhaps the 23 packs of wolves who surround the property might do it for you. And I tell you, I would avoid those wolves because well, I may yeah. not be afraid of ghosts, but I am afraid of packs of wolves. See <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how this orchestra like went to Berlin, I assume for a concert or something. And then like right after they got there, Berlin closed its borders. <laughs> so they're stuck there. That's rough. I don't know how they got put up in this castle. And honestly, if it's a giant castle, like it must be if it has a moat, it's got to be huge, right? And there's only one yeah. ghost. That seems that seems that's a pretty fair trade, I'd say. <laughs> uh, like, oh, don't go, don't go in the den. The, the ghost is in there. I'm just gonna hang out on this in the west <laughs> wing, you know. <laughs> Man, being stuck in a country that's not your own is terrifying enough. But then you add fucking no ghosts shit, right? and, and wolves on top of it. Like, have you ever watched that 90 Day Fiance show? No. Oh, okay. Well, she can't get enough of it. So there, there's like five different shows at this point um, that all are generally about the same thing. But um, since since the quarantine happened, basically globally, um, they haven't been able to film an actual show. So they've been having the people that were on the show kind of self-record their um, experiences. There's this one woman who, she's originally from Canada, 
Um, and she moved to Florida <clears throat> and she got hooked up with some dickhead from the Middle East somewhere, I think. Um, and uh, they split up and then she moved to Venezuela because why not? So she's living in Venezuela and then um, the quarantine uh, comes comes in and she's now she's trying to get home to Canada but there was like one flight to get her home and it was all full up it was like she was waiting to get paid um, and she was getting paid like the next day or something so she was like hoping that she would get her money in time to get a ticket but by the time she did she couldn't get there like the plane was full and then Trudeau announced another flight was going to be coming um, and she tried to get on that flight but there was like within you know hours it was full so she <laughs> I mean she's an idiot and like as far as her love life goes she's like I feel no sympathy for her but just as a person being stuck in a foreign country um, alone like I, I feel I feel bad for her yeah that sucks but, um, I mean, at least she doesn't have to deal with ghosts and wolves, am I right? And wolves, yeah. <laughs> Check out this segue. Speaking of wolves, ah, good one, good one. Uh, we've talked before about the whole how Universal is like we're going to reboot all our Universal monsters, and then they put out Dracula Untold, and they were like, not like that. <laughs> no, no, no. And they were like, that's not what we meant. <laughs> they're like, we're going to make them team up, and people were like, that's stupid. And then they were like, you're right, that's stupid. We're not going to do that. <laughs> Who said that anyway? <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> but so now they're still moving ahead with remaking all these things. Of course, Lee 1L remade The Invisible Man. Have you uh, seen that? And I, I still have not seen it. I've heard it's very good. It's it's whatever. Yeah. I wasn't. Like, f- for as much praise as it's getting, I was not impressed. It was it was hmm. fine. <laughs> all right. I, I can't speak to it, so I don't know. Uh, well, it looks like next on the docket is going to be The Wolfman. Uh, it's being written by Lauren Shuker Bloom and Rebecca Angelo, who are writers on Orange is the New Black. Get this. It's expected to take place in the modern day. Hey, what do you know? What, what were cell the phones. odds of that? <laughs> cell phones. Are... It's so important. It's important that they have cell phones so people understand. So people know it's modern day. <laughs> uh, but Variety reports that it will have a vibe akin to Dan Gilroy's Nightcrawler, albeit with a supernatural twist. So he's going to be a Nightcrawler? creep? Yeah. Like, with, with Frank Gyllenhaal? <laughs> Frank Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> And he was all, a squishy sound like a butt. 
uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yes, no, I did see every, it. I don't understand it, the connection. No? Well, it just says that's the vibe. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> that means nothing. That's a, that's a buzzword. Uh, of course, you're probably asking, Taylor, who's going to play the wolfman? I'll uh, feed you baby birds. <laughs> it's going to be Ryan Gosling, girl. I'm I'm okay with that. Right? Like I I I want to hate it. Yeah. Especially since they were like it's we're not going to have any big stars. You know, it's going to be all story driven and and creator driven. And then you know, Ryan Gosling is he's a pretty big star. He's not Maybe like in the upper stratosphere is like a Tom Cruise who was in the fucking stupid mummy movie. But um, you know, he's still a big star. So I hear that and I'm like, yeah. oh, there people know who he is. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> so like part of me wants to hate it, but then I think about it and I'm like, that's that that could work. See, you know what makes me hate movies aside from, you know, being involved with uh, Universal usually, uh, being involved with Blumhouse. <laughs> Um, which typically goes hand in hand. Um, you know, what makes me hate a movie is when I hate the actor. That's why sure. I like there was there was no chance for me to like the mummy, even if it was a good movie, which it's not. I was there's no chance that I was gonna like it because I don't like Tom Cruise. The Invisible Man, when it was gonna star Johnny Depp. Like, like I had no interest in it because he bugs me. Like, I don't hate him. I don't hate him like I hate Tom Cruise. But he bugs me. What um, about 80s Tom Cruise, though? Like Risky Business or... Uh, Risky like, Business, uh, Secret, Top Gun. Secret to My Success. <laughs> Dave, I'm out. <laughs> uh, be, like, before he got, like, like Scientologist... That's okay. Yeah, that's when he kind of lost his mind. Actually, to be completely honest, I did like the uh, Mission Impossible movies. Those are fucking like potato chips. Like I can't stop. <laughs> I I really liked Rain Man when I was younger. I was a big Rain Man fan. That's a good one. Um, but uh, but like the Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss, I like Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, so she's good. it's like. So, like, she was not going to be part of the problem. The rest of the movie, which I thought was mediocre, um, you know, that's a different story. But I had no problem with her. I thought she did a good job in it. Especially when she started, like, going insane. Or thought she was. She she played that well. So, point being, Ryan Gosling, I like him. Uh, I like him for the role. I like him as an actor. So, I don't have an issue with at least that element of it. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't have a director yet, but apparently Corey Finley, uh, who directed Bad Education, which I don't think I'm familiar with. Bad Education. I feel like I know the title, but I don't. I can't think of what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently he is being considered, uh, but again, no decisions have been made. Other monster movies in the works from Universal include Paul Fagg's Dark Army, uh, which I just, I don't know. I just don't trust that guy anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I won't watch anything from Paul Fick. 
we we watched Bridesmaids the other night, and I was like, "This was good." Like, why? What? What happened? That's so weird that you're watching it. Um, Kristen and her mom were watching it the other night. Really? Yeah. How weird That's is super that? Weird. Uh, as well as Dexter education. Fletcher's Renfield, Matt Stosky's Monster Mash. Is that like like the like the puppet movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then Elizabeth Banks's Invisible Woman. Yep, which we talked about. Like, oh, no. oh yeah, Invisible. That's still a thing. Apparently, even though they made Invisible Man, they're still going to do that. Yeah, like it's too soon to immediately do that. I feel like you got to burn through everything else first. Guess this doesn't even mention Karen Kusama's Dracula, which will also take place in modern day. Naturally, because cell phones. Yeah, they'll all have cell phones. We talked about this. He'll take selfies. Love the cell phone picture. <laughs> well, cell phones and you know, like uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, because because the Wi-Fi kids kids got the Wi-Fi. <laughs> kids love the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Dexter like, Fletcher. Why do I know that name? Uh, he'll be all like, "Hey, make sure you follow me at Dracula Blood Thirty <laughs> One." Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, there was already thirty other Dracula Bloods. So I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag blah, blah, blah. (laughs) All right, so uh, American Horror Story is... uh, Going into uh, its tenth season, um, it I think it was filming, but now it's like on hold um, because yes. of COVID. Like pretty much every other TV and movie now. Uh, side note: Have you been um, not necessarily up to date, but catching whiffs of all this new stuff that Hollywood's trying to do to um, maintain like a safe filming atmosphere? Not really. Uh, I mean, like, basically, like, they're not going to do any on-location shoots anymore. Everything's going to be done in a studio. And, like, they're going to be doing, like, a lot of, like, like tight single-camera shots rather than wide shots. So they don't have to have a lot of people in the same room together. Um, just a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, movie magic, you know, the, we may not even notice, but... Things are going to be gonna different. Change things, change the <laughs> yeah. way they're made, at least, yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, American Horror Story uh, either had already started or was going to start filming tenth season, but it's not anymore. Um, but uh, FX has announced a an American Horror Story uh, spinoff titled American Horror Stories. Plural. Well, brain cells lost on that one. <laughs> Do you think they paid a guy to come up with that? No. <laughs> I think that was that was probably all Ryan Murphy. <laughs> um, it's going to be on FX. Uh, it's going to be... It sounds like essentially the same 
premise, except that it's going to be one hour, one off, like contained episodes. Yeah, so it's not going to be right. Um, yeah, it's not going to be a continuous, um, you know, thirteen or whatever episode um, story. It's going to be yeah, thirteen individual stories. Um, Ryan Murphy teased the series uh, on Instagram with a post of one sort or another. Um, but, you know, this being Ryan Murphy, uh, even though it's supposed to kind of stand on its own, it probably wouldn't be too shocking to see some kind of uh, crossover with American Horror Story. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been revealed that American Horror Story... Even though each season is a different story, they all exist in the same universe, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is the same. Right. You you pretty much gave up on it, right? More or less, yeah. yeah. Which I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm more interested in this, because I'm like, oh, I always get tired of American Horror Story after like four episodes. So like, if each episode is something new, it could be good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I say that uh, Apocalypse... Uh, Apocalypse, right? Not Armageddon. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Is that the most recent one? Yeah. Anyway, um, that was good because it was like a crossover. I mean, it has had its own story, but then it did a crossover with Coven and Murder House, which, in my opinion, were the best seasons. Um, so to have this new story engage with those two other stories um i thought made it really good um but anyway no 1984 is the most recent one that's right yep and ah oh man you know that seems like it was so right up my alley but same thing happened that always happens is i get into like it for like five the episodes first. yep and then i'm just kind of like yeah you know you know i'll watch it tomorrow or something and then i just never do i started it but it's it's so hard to watch anything when she's around because she's just not into any of it yeah and i hate like when if both of us are home and i'm sitting in the bedroom and she's sitting in the living room watching different things i just hate that yeah we we used to do that when we were in our apartment but since we've been in our house we just don't um i think it's i think it's not to get uh, psychological or, or marriage counselor sounding, um, but I, I feel like it's bad for a relationship to do that. Well, yeah, it's distancing yourselves. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, more often than not, I can preoccupy, preoccupy myself with something else, so I just let her watch what she want to watch. Yeah, that's the way I am, too. I'm, I don't know if she can hear me, but. I'm more willing to bend than she is. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I'll sit there and watch the stupid 90 Day Fiance shows or sit through episode after episode of dumb fucking murder shows um, <laughs> than she would be to watch, you know, if I wanted to watch, like, uh... Actually, she kind of likes Big Mouth, so that's not a big, good example. But if <laughs> I wanted to... Like, I think I've said before, I've been watching Dragon Ball. Like, that's just something I watched when I was in, in like, middle school, and I've just kind of gotten into it again lately. Um, so I just binged through all of it. But 
I'm more likely to sit through episodes of the shit that she wants to watch than she would be to just sit there quietly and watch Dragon Ball. Not that yeah. she actually watches the shows that she watches because she sits there with her phone <laughs> or on her on her <clears throat> Switch. I don't know if she's the same way or not, but... Sometimes. Anyway. But we're in the same room together. That's what counts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so there's no... I don't think any kind of um, laid out, you know, carved into stone plan for this yet um, other than just it being a thing Um, but American Horror Story itself has been renewed for uh, three more seasons after season 10 Um, so it's going to at least that's at least going to be around for a while Um, that's wild right shows just don't last that long anymore yeah and especially something like an anthology I just don't feel like it those make it that long yeah, but it must be cheap to make or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must be making FX money. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's it. That's all for that. So we talked before about how Radio Silence is making a Scream 5. Uh, they, they're very committed to... Uh, they, they keep using the word legacy. They're very committed to keeping Wes Craven's legacy and pre- preserving his legacy and honoring his leg- legacy. Uh, and it sounds like they have officially cast the first returning actor from the Scream series. And that is the star of Ready to Rumble... And former WCW heavyweight champion, David Arquette. Woo! (laughs) There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours, squirrel nuts! (laughs) I met him. Why does it look like you have your hand in your butt? Because I do. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) I don't care what anyone says, I love that movie. Jimmy King, he's the bestler. He's the best wrestler. Better than all the wrestlers. <laughs> He'll rule that ass. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Give us a big ol'. Big ol'. <laughs> uh, I met him. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you met him, was but he didn't really meet you. Yeah, it was literally like, photo, okay, bye. <laughs> um, like I said, this is the first actor to return, although Nev Campbell is in talks to reprise her role of Sidney Prescott, who was like the, the final girl of the whole series. She said, well, I'm not 100% on it. Uh, <laughs> all that just popped into my head was on Parks and Rec when uh, uh, Leslie is like, let me do an impression of Nev Campbell. What does Nev Campbell sound like? What what a great party of five. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was her Dove Campbell impression. Um, she, she does say that. <laughs> she, she, she does say that, yeah. That was like her catchphrase. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was her dynamite. <laughs> they put it on t-shirts. It was the whole thing. Um, <laughs> they named the show after it. <laughs> That's where they got the name. Uh, she said they really want to honor Wes's style of work and honor the movies that was a lovely thing to hear so we'll see meanwhile David Arquette says I am thrilled to be playing Dewey again and to reunite with my Scream family old and new Scream has been such a big part of my life and for both the fans and myself I look forward to honoring Wes Craven's legacy there it is again I mean he directed like the first movie, right? Craven? Yeah. Did he only do one? I feel like that's the case. I don't know. Hmm. Keep talking. Uh, plot details are currently scarce, but is being reported that the film will follow a woman returning to her hometown to try and find out who has been committing a series of vicious crimes. Which, that to me, sounds like Sidney Prescott is going to be in it one way or another. Yeah, it would be weird to recast the role, but I mean, unless it's going to be like a girl from another movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, well, let's see. Well, he did do all four, or all four original ones. That's what I thought. I could have sworn he only uh, did the first one, but whatever. Yeah, well, it shows what you know. Nothing. I know nothing. Uh, the, the writer of at least the first movie, um, as well as the writer of I Know What You Did Last Summer, Kevin Williamson, is executive producing on this film, and he said, I'm excited to reteam with David and work with Jamie, Guy, and Radio Silence on the next Scream. Their take on the movie is both original, inventive, and honors Wes's legacy in a wonderful way. Okay, I mean, yeah, his legacy, great, yeah. Is you mean, just going to make... <laughs> yeah, make the movie the exact same way he does it. Honor his legacy, sure, <laughs> whatever. Great. It was like before they went to do media, everyone was like, all right, make sure you use the words honor Wes's legacy. Because <laughs> that's what we're doing here. We're honoring his legacy. We just really hammer that home. <clears throat> So that's right, it. Well, I, I mean, I honestly lost interest in the Scream series after. I mean, I mean, I guess Scream Three was kind of what did it for me. Like Scream, the first one was good, especially like the first couple times. Scream Two was a good follow up. Scream Three, I'm just like, this is, this is a doo doo pie. It's and not. It's not good. I've heard for it. I didn't even. I don't think I've seen it. I haven't seen it. I, I have. I don't have interest in seeing it. It's like there's nothing. There's no appeal for me. I guess. I know there are some people who think it's like the best one. I don't. Millennials. Old. <laughs> You're a millennial. <laughs> don't tell people that. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs>
Alright, so I think, uh, God, it's probably been over a year at this point since we last talked about, well, maybe not since we last talked about, probably since we first talked about the Child's Play TV series that was supposed to be coming out. Um, you know, they, they kind of announced it about the same time that they were, that they did the, the, the remake. Um, and this, you know, so it was basically... MGM splitting off doing their remake because they still owned the rights to the child's play name. Boy, was that um, movie bad. Oh, man. But so many people like it, and I don't understand. Have you listened to the uh, the double murder episode on it? No. Oh, uh, man. They shred it. Really? <laughs> they Good. hated it so much. I have to listen to that then. <laughs> But no, like so many people like it. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know what makes them like it because everything that they thought was so good, I thought was total fucking garbage. And it's, if so many yeah. people are like, oh, it's, it's so true to the original movie. It's like, what's well, fucking not a completely change the story. Yeah. It was bad. It wasn't, it was not good. We reviewed it. Go listen to it. Yeah. It's in it, one of the episodes that we did. It's episode <laughs> Yeah, that one. But around the like around the same time that they announced the remake they were gonna do the remake, Don Mancini announced that he was going to be doing with Universal a Child's Play TV series. Which probably wasn't gonna be called Child's Play because he doesn't have that name. Um Yeah, a, a Chucky TV series. Right. Um that, that was the dumb thing, is that he owns the rights to Chucky, um, and, but MGM owns the rights to the name Child's Play. Yeah. Something, and yet in the remake, it was named effect. Chucky. Well, I mean, he can't own the name Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what got me, though, is that somehow they managed to call it a good guy's doll. So I wonder if they own that, too. I thought it was called something different. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, it was like iBuddy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. In my head, it was still good, guys. But now, yeah, you're right. It's not, it wasn't. Anyway. iBuddy. Um, iBuddy. Wherever I yeah, go. Yeah, you're like, oh, he got like the song. Um... Well, some uh, some new details and some updates have come out. Uh, Mancini said that he promises a fresh take on the franchise. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, with a series that it will explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely afforded by the television series format. Um, he says, uh, with this TV show, our mission has been to preserve the straightforward <laughs> scariness of the original film or the first couple of films. Uh, but at the same time, continue on, continue on with this never-ending, or sorry, ever -ending. continue on with this ever-expanding tapestry of consistent story that we've spun over the course of seven movies and some thirty years. I think fans are really gonna love to see the new characters that we include into this realm, and just to see how they came off in our classic characters, or came off of our classic characters. Um. Not just Chucky, but some of the others that you may be hoping to see. There's a good chance they may show up. Wait, the show is called Child's Play. 
It is? Yeah. But how? <laughs> I think. Oh, no. Maybe not. This just says Chucky, Chucky TV show. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense to me. <laughs> so that maybe it doesn't have an official name yet? I don't know. I I feel like it probably doesn't since it's still in development. Yeah. But, <clears throat> um, I think the prospect of seeing Chucky sharpen his skills and add to his toolbox some of the technical goodies that we have at our disposal now, that's something I think will pe- people will find pretty interesting. It's so important to give Chucky new weapons, new strategies, and new targets, and new goals. Chucky has a different goal in the TV show than he's ever had before, and it's specifically something that is designed to evoke something that's going on in the zeitgeist today. Was he running for president? I don't don't understand. At this point, I'd vote for him. I would, I would definitely vote for a creepy possessed ginger doll <laughs> than, than the fucking dipshit that's in the office now. <clears throat> I saw Mancini also talked about how Chucky has become like a gay icon. What? Really? Yeah, th- I haven't heard how? of this. I mean, I know like the, you know, with Glenn Glenda, obviously that's probably feeding in there somehow. And I fucking Babadook became a gay icon, so who knows? But, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, fine, whatever, but I don't get it. Yeah, like he was never portrayed as gay. He was he was married. He had a child. Yeah. Um let's see. Uh so far the synopsis for the show is after a vintage Chucky doll. Uh I presume that'll be just good guys doll. Uh, but after a vintage oh, Chucky yeah. doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyll- idyllic uh, American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begins to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival, arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threatens to expose the truth behind the killings, as well as, as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster. So you're getting into Charles Lee Ray's childhood, I guess? Kind of sounds like it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Um, I mean, we have to presume that... Um, what's his face? Uh, Brad Dorff is going to be doing his voice. I believe so. I know Jennifer Tilly said Zelda. she's coming back for it. Um, I mean, so Cult of Chucky, spoiler alert, it, it ended with a an army of Chucky's. Mm-hmm. Its reasoning for getting there was kind of stupid, but that's where we are. I I don't I kind of thought that this was going to play into that somehow. It it sure seemed like it was like it was going to be connected. But I don't. I don't get from that description. I don't get this at all. No, it, it just doesn't sound like it's the same thing. Yeah. And also, when we last left Chucky, he was in the body of uh, Fiona Dorif. Right. I mean, I don't know if we're just going to ignore that or. 
Yeah. Or actually, like... I mean, he he was he was in the body. Like the original Chucky was in the body of his his daughter, but he was also in several Chucky dolls. Yeah, but I mean, like the the original Chucky, the OG, the, the OC, yeah. No, oh, see. <laughs> Don't call it that. Don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, uh, I don't have any objection to this, at least right now. My only um, objection is that I it's mean, on sci-fi. Oh God, I forgot about that. That's no good. That's that's, 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 that's no good for nobody. <laughs> huh? So that's not good for anybody. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, if anybody should be able to kind of pick and choose and dictate where Chucky goes as a character, it should be Mancini. So I'm glad he's behind this. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. talked before on the show about comedic uh, actors and filmmakers making the jump into horror uh, Mark Duplass Jordan Peele Danny McBride and the newest one it appears is going to be Seth Rogen why not he is going to produce a horror thriller called Cobweb uh, which comes from Samuel Bowden the creator of the Netflix series Marianne have you watched this? Never heard of it. Me neither. But apparently it's really good. It has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, That's pretty good. Critics consensus that says, Smart and scary with the most unsettling pair of eyes since Nicolas Cage and Vampire's Kiss. Marianne is pure <laughs> nightmare fuel. What a comparison. <laughs> and this is a um, series. Okay. Bob to Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Centers on a horror writer lured back to her hometown to discover the evil spirit who plagues her dreams is wreaking havoc in the real world. Spooky. Um, we've gone on enough tangents already in this episode, but can we real tw- real quick talk about Nicolas Cage playing Joe Exotic? Of course we can talk about <laughs> Nicolas playing George, uh, Joe Exotic. I would love to talk about that. He um, looks nothing like Joe Exotic. Not like even him. a little. But honestly, I couldn't think of a better person to play him. I am so excited about it. <laughs> I really hope that he tries to do his voice. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> like, I am so excited to see this. Like, I hate th- I hate the idea that I have to wait like probably another year before I can actually watch it <laughs> because I want it now. <laughs> Did I tell you this is not the same series that, with Kate McKinnon? Yeah, which is So weird. there's going to be two? <laughs> That's dumb. Why would you do two? Get rid of Kate McKinnon because she's not funny and do 
Nicolas Cage because he's insane and awesome. <laughs> That's just going to be absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I'm hoping so. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to Seth Rogen. Uh, Cobweb is written by Chris Thomas Devlin, whose script was ranked number one on the blood list and Ooh. made the blacklist in 2018. So for people who don't know, uh, the blacklist is kind of like these underground scripts um, written on spec. And uh, the blacklist is ones that people think are cool. Basically. Isn't isn't the blacklist that entire list of spec scripts that just haven't been made yet? Is it all of them? I thought it was like a certain amount I don't think so. I thought it was the whole list. Or the, this like, says he made the blacklist. So if you just write a script and you're on the blacklist, then that's not really an accomplishment. <laughs> I guess that's true. And I, I assume the bloodlist is a horror version of that. I've never actually that's, heard of the bloodlist. <laughs> that's kind of the assumption I made, but who knows? Uh, so Seth Rogen, like I said, is will produce this along with Roy Lee, who produced the It remake movies. As well as Evan Goldberg, who uh, was a co-writer on Superbad. He's actually the Evan in Superbad. He's Michael Sarah's right. character. A lot of people well, don't I mean, realize that uh, that um, Jonah Hill is actually playing Seth Rogen in that movie. Right. Well, his name is Seth. Yeah. <laughs> Seth and Evan. Um, no, no, no brain cells lost there. Right. But, no, I mean, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they... I mean, they're, they work together. They're, they're partners. Um, they did uh, like, this is the end. Um, they did preacher, which is horror adjacent. Um, so they've kind of dipped their, dipped their toes in the horror world before. So, um, you know, I think maybe moving into just mainstream horror is not going to be, as big of a jump as it may sound. Yeah, I mean, he's also only producing, so it's not like he has creative control, really. Right. Uh, the story of Cobweb centers on a boy whose parents have always told him the voices he hears in the walls of his house are just his imagination. But when he discovers the sounds are actually real, he goes on an unnerving quest to discover the truth. Yep, yep. I can't oh, okay. hear the word quest and not hear like the Legend of Zelda music in my head. <laughs> um, that could be good. That could be cool. And this is this is a movie, not a series. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay, so I, I guess I got it mixed up with Marianne. But... Marianne is the series. This is the movie. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> well, so yeah, I don't know. Could be cool. Could be cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for horror business, guys. Here we are almost an hour and a half into the show, and we finally made it through half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's still more of this. <laughs> um, but that's okay. The first, what, 40 minutes was it? 
That was some that was some good hard hitting social commentary. It was. That was it got real. It did. Um Alright. So where do we go from here, Taylor? Movie reviews. Alright guys, so this episode we didn't have any better ideas, so we just decided that we talk about uh, a theme that somehow exists. Horror movies that... These aren't even all of them! No, no, they're not. Which is all the more impressive. But horror movies that take place on planes. That's the theme of this episode. We could do a part two if we want. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Horror on a plane. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've got two movies. Um, what do you want to start with, Taylor? Let's start with Flight of the Living Dead. This virus is without a known vaccine or cure. They wanted this virus as a bioweapon. There's blood everywhere. To keep soldiers fighting after they were mortally wounded. These things aren't moving. What's the deal with the special cargo? Top level contractor shipment. Hey, yo, Tom. You're Peter's best friend. What if somebody sees us? gotta be one of these dogs. Frankie? Coming up. Alright, so you might also know this movie as Plain Dead, which is just a terrible title. It doesn't even make any sense. It's like That's just Light of the Living Dead is not a great name. It's like so derivative, but plain yeah. dead is even it's just worse. lazy. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, they're just plain dead. <laughs> uh, and then it, 
sometimes has the subtitle Outbreak on a Plane. Right. Samuel L. Jackson pops up and he's like, I want this motherfucking outbreak off this motherfucking plane. Yeah, I'm sure like if people knew the theme of this episode, they'd probably just assume that we'd do we'd would do snakes <laughs> on a plane, but uh surprise, surprise. That's uh we always keep you on your toes. <laughs> Um, we also could have done Quarantine 2. Is that on a plane? Yep. Because I didn't know that. Or I didn't I care so, unless to know. Unless it's three. Might, might be three. Are there three of those? I don't, I don't know. Probably. Anyways, Flight of the Living Dead. Colon, Outbreak on a Plane. Uh, this takes place on a, a plane, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Go figure. Going... F- Going from Los Angeles to Paris, and it's it's a pretty routine flight. Uh, you've got you know your usual cast of characters. You've got the two jock douchebags and their girlfriends. Uh, you've got a nun. Uh, you've got a businessman, uh, and just you know some other odds and end people. Then you also got, have this group. What you've got the most generic fucking cast of characters on this plane it's like in what circumstance would you get all these people on one plane like what real life scenario would have all these people on the same plane yeah because on top of all those people i just said there's also uh, a criminal who is being transported to paris along with his uh officer escort as well as a group of scientists who have uh, brought on board a very top secret covert piece of uh, science science stuff Um, oh and don't forget the captain of the plane who's on his retirement flight it's his his last go round yeah he's he's got one more day until retirement right (laughs) Ah! <laughs> he wrote which, the spoiled movie on a napkin. Which spoiler alert is in both of these movies, <laughs> and so is uh, in this movie. It's the criminal. In the next movie, it's the co-pilot. Uh, what's his name? Um, Kevin J. O'Connor. Yep. And the other one also has nuns. Right. Although the second one has way better nuns. <laughs> yes. At least towards the end. <laughs> um, right. Oh, by the way, this movie's from 2007, so spoilers ahead. Uh, so yeah, these, these scientists have uh, brought aboard a dead body because they are testing out a new genetically engineered virus that reanimates dead cells so they've got this dead body down in the cargo hold it's being guarded by a an armed guard who has a automatic weaponry instead of just like a handgun (laughs) just seems unnecessary (laughs) Um, which of course does end up biting them in the ass but the the plane of course why would you bring a gun on a plane well, I mean, if they 
knew what was going to happen was going to happen. But that's like, why. why would you fire a gun on a plane? Well, yeah, like especially like in the cargo hold where it's very small, confined spaces. Yeah. And apparently also where all the uh, plane's electronics are. <laughs> Skipping ahead a little bit there. Um, yeah, so the, of course the plane hits just the worst turbulence. And there, there's Naturally. no way around it. There's no way to go over it or under it. So they're just like, all right, I guess we just got to hunker down and go through. And it starts, they start going through this turbulence. And, of course, the a, a box falls and breaks the armed guard's leg. And the, the cooler, or whatever it is that's holding this dead body, pops open. The lady that was in it, she gets out. And she's, you know, at first she's like, like human. She says, you know, I, I need help. I'm, I'm a doctor. She's like, what the, the fuck? It's just like, what is going on? Yeah. And uh, the armed guard is just like, <laughs> just sprays bullets in this cargo <laughs> hold. And just lights her up. <laughs> lights her up, but also hits all the electronics. So everything in the in the airplane just goes haywire. Um, and she then she resurrects as a zombie, bites him. And now it's the uh, flight of the dead. And now it's the, the titular flight of the living dead. Right. It's now there's an outbreak on the plane. <laughs> um These zombies are like they're not slow shambling zombies. They seem to be pretty fast. Uh they she, she I guess she's really the only one, but she talks as a zombie. Yeah. But I think she's the only one, right? It's the only one I remember, yeah. And then they also have these like primal screams or screeches. That they yeah, they sound like the sound like the raptors in Jurassic Park. Kind of, yeah. I was gonna say they sound like hawks or eagles or something, but sure, all birds. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> um. So, yeah, there's this really sketchy doctor named Leo Bennett, and uh, he he tells his other two compatriots, he's like, hey, you guys need to go down and check on our cargo, make sure everything's okay. So they go down there with the co-pilot. Of course, they get bit. One of the scientists uh, is uh, this woman's husband. Right. They were you yeah. know, partners in science, right? Doing doing science they, together. They had that's that's how that's how they fell in love. They had chemistry. <laughs> yeah, got it. You're welcome. On oh, this guy, her husband is played by Dale Mitkiff, who is like like a guy that you would recognize, and he's in the movie for like ten minutes before he gets ate up. I recognize that name. I don't know he's if I recognize him though. He's in uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, okay. The, the glasses threw me off. <laughs> yeah, that's how Clark Kent gets them. <laughs> he's wearing glasses that I'm pretty sure had a spy camera in them because they were fucking enormous. <laughs> they were so big. 
But yeah, so now we've got the woman, we've got her husband, the other scientist, the co-pilot. Or actually, the co-pilot gets out, uh, but the armed guard is also a zombie now. And the, yeah, the co-pilot, he runs back up and he's like, fucking shit is bad down there. Like, we need to land right now. We gotta go. <laughs> and of course, the pilot is like, that's not an option. We're over water. <laughs> And then we, uh, you know, we jump to the Pentagon, and there's this meeting going on of these random three guys, and they're just like talking about these uh, these scientists and how they stole this virus. And jumping ahead, you come to find out that they were going to make this army of super soldiers out of zombies. Yeah, and this is this is where you get kind of like the exposition on what exactly they were working on. Yeah. It's like some modified version of the malaria virus where it 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 kills your organs, stops your bodily functions, and then reanimates you. And like I can't I mean that's how zombie viruses work in general, but like they were talking like it was going to bring you back to life, like but not as like a member of the living dead. Yeah, like like just living. Yeah, it's like, explain to me how this is a good thing. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is barking. Um, Just kick it. Just kick, kick it. Don't kick the dog. <laughs> Your daughter, come to my house <laughs> and kick my dog. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, shit just starts going south. Um the the prisoner guy escapes so now not only do we have zombies on the plane we have this convict who hasn't been convicted maybe has been convicted i don't know anyways you have this criminal uh he's like in the air ducts and then you come to find out there's this one guy who kind of looks like val kilmer he's an air marshal and so he he's trying to chase after the the criminal and he thinks that the criminal is behind all this he thinks that the criminal is the one killing people and not zombies right because that's totally his mo the dude was like uh he, he was like a, a scam artist and like he stole a plane but suddenly yeah. he decides he's gonna escape and just start killing people that's totally <laughs> totally makes sense yeah, the, the cop that was that had him in custody was even talking about like he's he's not really dangerous. He's more of just like a con artist, right? But meanwhile, um, the Val Kilmer guy was busy hitting on the stewardesses. He's like Megan, like vegan. I was vegan at once. <laughs> Hell of a line there, bud. And she's like, if you could just go sit down, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, also, and then uh, go ahead. So much of this movie takes place in these air vents inside of a plane <laughs> that are bigger than ones you find in, like, a fucking skyscraper. Yeah, it's like Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, like this is something I've carried with me for a, a good portion of my life. My dad has a friend who, um, he's something involved with architecture, so he would, like, design... Um, you know how the buildings were put together, but also like their their HVAC systems and like how the ducting would. Maybe you just did ducting, <laughs> but like how the ducting would would line up and fall inside of a building, 
And thus, Die Hard was a big example where, you know, uh, John McClane's crawling through these air ducts through a good portion of the movie. And, like, he says, that's total bullshit because air ducts, air ducts in a skyscraper are about that big. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're not getting a full grown man in these air ducts. And so to think that they're doing this on a, an airplane, in a plane, which yeah. probably doesn't actually have air ducts. They probably have like air hoses. It's just like, I know it's a dumb fucking movie and you're supposed to have like a suspension of disbelief, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, give me some fucking credit as a human being with a brain. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's another guy. His name is his name is Billy, but apparently people call him Longshot because he's a professional golfer. Yeah, he's ta- he's taking his wife on vacation, and like she talks, like the the stewardess comes up and is like, "Hey, uh, the the captain would love to meet you," because he's he's a big fan, and his wife starts getting all 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 pissy, and she's like, "I thought this vacation was supposed to be no golf." He's like, it, "There won't be any golf." While he's holding a putter the entire time. <laughs> um, You'd be like, bitch, golf is what's got you sitting in first class right now. So yeah, shut right. up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then I guess, you know, people just start getting picked off by the zombies. There's a really cool scene. Get the zombies come through the floor. And they start like pulling yeah. people down into the into the um, luggage compartment. Would have been interesting to have my dad or my brother in law on on this episode, or at least just talk about this movie, because you know they both work for Boeing, so they know right. how planes are put together. Just see see what they think about the feasibility about like all this stuff about the air ducts and about people just coming through the floor, right? <laughs> Like, um, I don't think a floor of something that travels through the air in like like high or uh, low pressure uh, is supposed to just punch through like tissue paper. I don't think. No, I'm that's sure supposed it's not. To happen. But they're super soldier zombies, Tony. <laughs> oh, right. My mistake. How could I forget? Um. Yeah, like they rip the nun's legs off because they come through the floor and they just rip her legs off. And she's just like, whoo. <laughs> ah! um, and then they like they like drop a bomb they make this you know makeshift bomb and drop it into the the luggage compartment which somehow doesn't explode the whole plane <laughs> but the zombies could punch through the floor <laughs> somehow no one is hurt in this explosion except for the zombies right like they're it's all crowded like around this hole con- they're all crowded around this hole and they like drop it in and then it it shows the explosion like come up through the hole and like fill the entire cabin but somehow no one was hurt yeah oh and let's talk about the fact that the while they were locked in the pi- in the pilot's cabin or the, the cockpit that's the name um the the co-pilot died and resurrected and bit the and killed the pilot and so they're both dead. So nobody's manning the, the helm. Right. Uh, so they got to break into this cockpit that's designed to not be broken into. Yeah, but luckily Frank 
the criminal, he kind of knows how to fly. Right, because he stole a plane once. Right. Um, uh, oh, meanwhile, the U.S. government has realized that this, you know, weaponized virus is on this plane. So they decide they got to just nuke it. They got to shoot it out of the sky. Naturally. So they send a, you know, fighter pilot up there and he, he gets up next to the plane and he's like, all right, yeah, everything looks good here. And then Frank all of a sudden just swerves the plane and the pilot is like, oh, wait, we've got live people on board aborting mission and i'm like no <laughs> if they think you had an order a, soldier if they think there's a a lethal virus that could wipe out entire cities they're they're not gonna not nuke that plane for four lives Mm-mm. <laughs> uh yeah so then they uh they end up landing in the desert near Las Vegas and like I said there's four of them left at this point and they they get out of the plane and they start walking towards Vegas and they're you know they're bantering and the the Val Kilmer guy is hitting on the way to the stewardess still and then all of a sudden you see zombies start falling out of the plane and making their way towards Vegas Sin City of the Dead Yep. City That's of the, the Dead. Sin, Sin City of the Living Dead. There we go. Yep. That's the sequel that never Vegas never Nights of the Living Dead. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's uh that's a movie. So I know you hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, you've known I hate this movie for like 10 years. Yeah. When you first showed it to me. I don't. I don't hate it. <laughs> like, like it's it's not it's not great. I'm not gonna sit here and try and like rave about it. But I don't think it's terrible. It's it's pretty popcorn zombie movie. It's pretty by the numbers. Which for a zombie movie is all I can ask. <laughs> I mean, I guess. It was just to me that the the not so much the plot, because the plot, like you said, is pretty pretty standard for a zombie movie. I mean, aside from being on a plane. But it's like the incidentals that were so dumb. It's like crawling through air ducts on a plane. Uh, and shooting guns in a plane without, like, causing a, a, a vacuum. Um, and, you know, crash landing a plane, but still somehow getting out of it unscathed. <laughs> the it's U.S. Like government just... not shooting down a plane that has a deadly virus because there might yeah. be some living people on there. Right. And uh, like I said at the beginning, the, the the people that were on this plane, I'm surprised that there wasn't like an orphan on there or something. <laughs> or like, you know, like, uh, you, you know what made me think of was Airplane. It's like the exact same kind of cast. It's like got this, this one made and, you think of airplane. Yeah, not the next one. No, this the next one's even worse than this one. <laughs> but we'll get into that. 
Um, uh, no, just the, yeah. Like, as I dumb as it was, I did, what? I said I get that. About it seeming like airplane? No, just about the the different events happening that were just so out of the realm of possibility. Right. It's just like, come on. If you want me to enjoy this movie, like, sure, it's a zombie movie, so it's inherently imaginary. But put something that connects it to reality in here, for Christ's sake. It's like, just because you put it... Just because you say it's a 747 doesn't mean that it's existing in reality. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't know. I like it. I think it... You know, it's... I think it's pretty well acted. It moves along quickly. Like like I said, it's by the numbers for sure, but it's... um, It's a zombie movie, and it's got good gore. The effects are good, not great. Um, Except there's way too many CGI squibs. Yeah, and just too much CGI in general. Like at the end when that the the head scientist, he's a zombie, uh, and he's been <clears throat> uh, dismembered from the waist down, and like he picks himself up from the plane wreckage and starts like crawling on his hands or like walking on his hands. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like how would how would a zombie have any wherewithal to to do that it's not like he's experienced in doing that it's true it's it's way more logical and like it seems to me like it'd be way more logical that he would like be crawling yeah which would have been just as would have been more effective because it wouldn't have looked stupid (laughs) (laughs) and then like at the very end the very last second, he pops up right in front of the screen and, like, shrieks. And I fucking hate it when they do that. Because it's corny as shit? Yes! <laughs> like, I was so disappointed in Doherty when he did it in Krampus. I was like, come on, man, you're better than that. <laughs> Just gotta get that last scare in, no matter how cheap it is, I guess. Well, yeah, because then you get people leaving the theater doing that, like, ha, 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 I'm so scared. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, th- I think it's it's good. It's not, like I said, I'm not going to rave about it. It's not great. It's not, you know, on par with the greatest zombie movies of all time. <laughs> like, you know, there's there's like Dawn of the Dead. And then, like, Return of the Living Dead. And then, like, Fly to the Dead. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's not in that upper echelon. But I, I enjoy it. I think it's it's a fun-filled romp. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> Okay. It's like, this is one movie that I never thought I'd have to watch again. (laughs) And both times it was your fault. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Next up is... Then there's this. (laughs) Then there's this one. Which I can't figure out if it came out last year or this year. But it doesn't really matter. Uh, (laughs) It's Exorcism at 60,000 Feet. 
I got a witness to an exorcism. Entity will show itself again, but where? I want to tell you one thing. I'm going to kill everybody on this plane. You've lost your faith. Oh, God is the everlasting light. I must warn you, Hercules. I'm a trained assassin with the Pharisee. You out of your freaking mind? No! No, that would be suicide. Everybody on board is in grave danger. Americans are always trouble, big troublemakers. How did you like your pea souffle? Oh, I. I don't feel so good. I think I'm gonna throw up. Use the vomit bag. I, I don't have one. Oh, God. Oh, we oh my God. Kill me, but Tony. Planes don't go to 60,000 feet. That's right, Taylor. That's about double what they actually go. <laughs> so yes, exorcism at 60,000 feet. Or 8.28 kilometers, if you're nasty. <laughs> so I saw somebody on IMDb who was like, this is a great remake. And I'm like, of what? Of the William Shatner thing on Twilight Zone. <laughs> That's what they thought. I don't think they've seen that. I think. <laughs> I don't think they've seen this. <laughs> uh, okay, where to even start with this? Um, start at the beginning. I mean, at the beginning, but it's, obviously, okay. sure. <clears throat> So at the beginning of the movie, we get this uh, cold start open. out. Yeah, start out um, in this house. Um, you've got a guy who is clearly possessed, just hanging out on the stairs, holding a hammer, right? Yep. Um, and then you see uh, the body of a dead woman at the bottom of the stairs, face down. That he had clearly hammered in the ass until she died from being hammered in from the being ass. From being hammered in the ass. <laughs> Don't break my butt! <laughs> You're breaking my butt! Um, Will that ever not be funny? Nope. <laughs> um, so we go to outside of the house and we it's it's very familiar. It's very, it's like a direct ripoff of The Exorcist. It's the outside of a brownstone. You know, you've got the mist floating by, and you see a man in all black with a black hat stand in front of the house, and you've got this deliberately ripped off 
version of tubular bells uh playing very similar but definitely different yeah for legal purposes yeah (laughs) um he goes into the house and um i don't know he keeps holding up his bible like he'll just he'll like do like the lord like the beginning of the lord's prayer and hold up the bible and then like possessed people just stop moving it's doesn't Does he make just hold it sense. like this? Yeah, it's just like how See, Trump was holding it in front of the church today. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. They dispersed the protests in front of the White House so he could walk to that church with tear gas. Um. Anyway, so uh, he walks up the stairs and into seemed like it was like the attic. Um, was it not a bedroom? I thought it was a bedroom. Maybe it was. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It wasn't furnished very well, so it's hard, it's hard to tell what kind of room it was. It doesn't really matter. <clears throat> he walks in, and there sits Bill Mosley in classic Vietnam vet attire. Um, <laughs> you know what happened to me? Viet goddamn numb is what happened to me. <laughs> Get me a beer, bitch. Um, <laughs> he looks like Charlie but, in that one episode of Always Sunny, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's sitting there, you know. Like I said, it's like super generic looking. He's got like a, a vest and a bandana on, and you know, he's all grizzled. Um, he's got a and, great big uh, bushy beard. <laughs> great big bushy beard. Uh, you know, he's just he's doing his creepy possessed guy thing. It's like, oh hello father so good of you to join us you know that kind of stuff or whatever with like the heavy reverb on his voice yeah and so he's just sitting there talking shit you know as as uh, demons are as, want as to do. demons do yeah um and so uh the father this is father romero get it yeah um uh he so he starts saying a prayer uh he puts on his stall um and uh you know you think he's gonna start performing an exorcism <clears throat> and he pulls out his cross uh and you know the demon's still talking shit he's like oh do you think that'll really work and you know blah 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 <clears throat> so he says, you know, Father, forgive me. And he turns this the cross around, and you see that it's actually a gun. And he shoots Mosley in the head. <laughs> so down he goes, and it apparently seems to, you know, free the other members of, or I guess it's just one guy left in the house um, from his <sighs> possession. Yeah, because then he goes, what happened to my wife? Oh, my God, she's dead. What about my mom? Oh my god, she's dead! What about my dad? Oh my god, she's dead! What about my grandma? Oh my god, she's dead! That was... Like... That was what made me think this movie had a chance. Because <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. He comes back and he's like... You know, uh, Father Romero says, you know... Don't worry, son. You know, you were possessed. None of this is your fault. It's like, okay, yeah, good. Good luck proving that in a 
court of law. Yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> in the eyes of the law, this is a fucking massacre. Yeah. Um, multiple homicide. So he goes, you know, go upstairs and bring the body outside. Um, he goes outside, lights up a cigarette, and the body comes smashing out the window of the of the attic or upstairs bedroom or whatever it was. He loads him into a hearse, and then we go to the airport because he's, he's taking like, him. That's back. one way to do it. Yeah, he's taking him back to Vietnam. I'm never really quite sure exactly why. Is that ever explained? I don't think so. But what yeah. I missed it too. Um. So he gets on the plane, and you know we've got this cast of characters, um, and some familiar faces. Um, first of all. The uh, flight attendant, or one of the flight attendants, is played by Bai Ling, who is uh, a familiar, I believe she's Chinese, actress. Um, probably recognize her. Like, I know her from The Crow. I can't think of anything else that she's been in. She Off was on Entourage. Head, was she? Yeah, when uh, when Vinny was doing the commercial in Japan and he had to learn martial arts, she was the martial arts teacher. Oh, okay. And then Vince fucked her, of course. Naturally. <laughs> um. Anyway, so she's the, the flight attendant, <clears throat> and the other flight. Did you attendant, notice it, Tony? Did you notice it was Viet Cong Airlines? Was it? I thought it was yeah. Vietnam Airlines. I swear it was Viet Cong. It wouldn't surprise me because, uh, like, you have two Asians. I don't like neither of which are actually Vietnamese. I'm pretty sure, um, playing the flight attendants, and like their portrayals are so painfully racist that I was kind of surprised that they did it. Like even in the name of comedy, like it was, it was cringeworthy. Like I was, was embarrassed a lot of for them. Um, it's kind of the way I was and, with the rabbi. Yeah, that was that was weird. Like, um, but uh, I mean, we have other familiar faces. Uh, Captain Howdy, get it? Because exorcism, uh-huh. the exorcist, Captain Howdy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, the captain of the, the the pilot of the plane is Lance Hendrickson. And Buzz, the coat pilot, <clears throat> is Kevin J. O'Connor, <laughs> who we just saw in the last movie. Uh, also, we have Adrian Barbeau as this snooty, you know, upper class bitch <laughs> who travels with her dead dog because it's her service animal. Um, Kelly Maroney comes on with her um, full grown little person's son is that is that the preferred nomenclature i believe so yeah okay um and like they play it straight like the only joke is that he's a a man playing a child yeah they don't make a point of like, it in the movie like earrings up and down his ears and like yeah, eyebrow and piercings a, and a five o'clock shadow yeah 
Uh, who, and he has Tourette's, so he's just he sits around uh, swearing the entire movie. Yeah. Um, which is not uh, how Tourette's works. Nope, sure doesn't. But the but we as the audience don't need to know that. Uh, and then you had Johnny Williams who played Johnny Roast Beef in Goodfellas. <laughs> um, but I mean. For the most part, you got a lot of familiar horror faces in this, and a lot of them are just like, "Why are you here?" Yeah, slumming <laughs> it. Um, it's like, are, are things tight? Do you need some money? Do you need help? Like, I saw the cast, and I was like, "Oh, this is this should be good." Yeah, man, <laughs> I gotta take you for a ride. <laughs> Not a good one. Um. Anyway, so you've got these people that get on the plane. Uh, we've got this couple. It's this kind of preppy guy and his wife, who's like this crusty vegan hippie. Um, and I... I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to explain the characters because who they are is like almost entirely irrelevant. Um, you've got like a body, like a big bodybuilder for some reason, um, and a rabbi, and two nuns. Did I get the all the, the important ones? People just like show up. You're like, wait, this? Where was this guy for the rest of the movie? All of a sudden, he's just there, and then he dies. And we're like, who was that? <laughs> um. There's the guy from New York, the big fat guy, and the like shaman guy that sat next to him. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, he um, like like he the shaman guy he he asks for a hot water because he's like I brought my own tea, and the guy's like Hey, is that uh you know a little smoky smoky? And the the shaman guy he says No, it's marijuana tea. I'm like so so yes. <laughs> And he's like, do you want some? And the guy's like, no, 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 no. And then steals some and goes in the bathroom and smokes it. I'm like, why didn't you just take the tea when he, when he offered? He offered it to you. Yeah, it'll still get you high. <laughs> um, yeah, so they take off. They're going to Vietnam. Um, you got the girl s- sitting next to Father Romero who's going there to get vaginal rejuvenation even though apparently her vagina is already perfect so I don't understand yeah it glows Did I, I didn't get and that angels like, sing she when can... she shows it off yeah like that makes me presume that she already has like the perfect vagina so yeah, I don't like, understand like why she's getting re... yeah. yeah I don't like I don't know if I missed something or if that's just a dumb plot well, like everyone she shows it to, because she shows it to everyone, they're like, "Ooh, ah, yeah." Um, and then Father Romero's like, "Can I see it again?" Because he's a dirty old man. Yeah, um, but then she's like, uh, "She's like, do you want to play a game?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, sure. What do you have in mind? Gin rummy?" And she's like, "No, Ouija." <laughs> I brought my travel Ouija board with me. Um. Okay, so they take off and they're flying along, they're flying along, and um, 
Then Bill Mosley resurrects. He's down in the cargo hold. Because of the Ouija. Right. Um, you know how powerful those Ouija boards are. Um, he resurrects and he goes out onto the wing and that's when we get this knockoff of the Twilight Zone episode where uh, Little Dookie, that's his name, the... Um, see what's his real name the, the the little guy oh i don't know i think his name's like johnny the dwarf or something sammy the dwarf that's his name that's how he's credited in imdb it's weird to me that dwarf is acceptable <laughs> like i mean if, if that's what they prefer that's what i'll call him but i just i can't help but not think lord of the rings <laughs> <laughs> well those were Elves. Oh, and I guess there were lord, or dwarves in there. Yeah. I was thinking of hobbits, but <clears throat> yeah, his name is Dookie. They don't like that. They don't like that at all. Um, his name's Dookie. His name's Dookie. That's the character's name. Yep. So he looks out the window and he sees Bill Mosley climbing on the wing. Um, There's something on the wing. <laughs> Some thing. Um, so the the spirit or the the demon to who transfers bodies in the form of like this green mist comes in through the window and possesses Dookie, who just goes into like a swearing fit. But everybody's like, "Oh, he's just got Tourette's. No big deal." Um. But then he starts, like, he doesn't even really do anything. He just kind of freaks out. And it's kind of not, like, inconsequential. Um, and then, I don't know. The, the whole movie just kind of turns into a, a, into mush. Like, it just, he starts possessing people. And it's very clear that people were just ad-libbing. But, you know, unless you have, like, either a lot of acting experience like years and years of acting experience or um uh improv experience don't improv (laughs) because it was clear that a lot of people in this didn't know how to improv um most noticeably is Bai Ling which was weird because you'd think an actress that's been in the game as long as she have would have a better uh Better delivery, I guess. Um, yeah. And people just keep getting possessed. And then he, like, Father Romero keeps exercising them. Or exercising the demon from different people. And then people die. That's that's the plot. Yeah. Am I missing anything important? Important? No. <laughs> relevant um yeah no it, it's just a bunch of spot gags throughout the middle of the movie yep i mean it's the movie like, set up like a bad joke like a must be eight o'clock um you know a priest a rabbi a bodybuilder and a two nuns walk into an airplane yeah yeah and that's exactly what it was like even in the description on Amazon, the the description of it starts out with a priest and a rabbi get on a plane. 
It's like, okay. <laughs> See where this is going. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a bunch of, like, spot gags and, like, uh, you know, like, gross-out humor. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of dick and fart jokes. Um, people shitting their pants, people throwing up. Um, a lot of recycled jokes that were made like in old possession movies like repossessed or um scary movie you know the things that 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 we've seen a million times already that were like spoofs on the exorcist they do them again in this thinking that they're going to get the same laugh that those movies did right um and it just doesn't work uh and just a lot of like movie, cliches, um, a lot of like jokes based on stereotypes. Yeah, which you know, I don't know if it's just that the 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 social climate right now. I'm a little more sensitive to that, but it just wasn't funny. Yeah, I agree. Um, and ah, it, it's just. It's just dumb. It like it tried so hard to be funny and it wasn't at all. Um, it was and and when it was like really like trying hard for like this fucking stupid frat guy humor, it was just like tacky and offensive. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I don't know. Maybe if I were drunk, I would have thought differently of this movie. But like I was. I was itching to turn this off. <laughs> I could not make it through it in one one watch. Really? I actually stopped twice. Because he just didn't want to watch it anymore? Yeah. Like, I, I, at one point, I paused it to go do something else. Um, go to the bathroom or get a sandwich or something. And I just didn't go back to it for, like, a couple hours. Yeah. I was sitting there um, watching it. I, I watched it earlier today. Um, and uh, when I got... Or it's like, I watched it when I got off of work. So I was like tired. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll see how this is. And um, I'm sitting there. It's like, this really better be worth my while. And like, it just kept getting worse. Like I was getting, I was getting more and more upset that like it was so dumb so maybe the movie wasn't getting worse it was maybe i was just getting more frustrated with it yeah i mean it's just like it's just like barf gags and like poop gags and and it's like you know i like a good poop joke but like poop gags i just don't find funny yeah or like you know um, somebody getting barfed on for 30 seconds straight it's just like it's, it's yeah. Stupid. It's like I think it was Scary Movie Two. That was the one with the haunted house, right? Uh I don't know, because there was also a haunted house. Yeah, I didn't even bother with that one. Um But I I remember because it was Natasha Leone and James Woods was the priest. Yeah. Well, this was before, before what we knew, we know now. Um, 
But uh, it was funny because, like, he's standing there trying to, like, you know, do the exorcism rites, and she just keeps throwing up on him. And, like, you know, the first couple times, just like, okay, yeah, you know, exorcist knockoff, we kind of expect that. But when it just kept coming out, <laughs> like, he just, just kept puking on him. It's like it. Like it was funny first, and then it wasn't funny, and then it came back around to being funny again, kind of like yeah. Family Guy. <laughs> um, but this, it's just like they tried to do the the pea soup puke, and like you knew it was coming, and it just wasn't funny. Um, and there was this there was this gag that went on for a good ten fifteen minutes with a used tampon that they found. What was even the, back the point of, the of that? Seat. I don't know. Gross to, to be gross. I mean, yeah. Like at one but, point, there was a character that just has like snot all over their face for literally yeah. no reason. And, you know, I was sitting there watching it earlier, and like my wife, she was still working, so she's sitting there on the couch. Um, but she looks over at me, and she's just like, "This must be really bad because you look miserable." <laughs> <laughs> Like, you have no idea how badly I want to turn this off. <laughs> like, I looked at... Like, I got to a point where I'm like, please, God, let this be almost over. And I looked, and it was halfway over. <laughs> I think that was about the, the first time that I stopped. About halfway. <sighs> um, I mean... I'd, for them to have completed a feature film uh, and have, you know... A, somewhat legit cast put together um i give them credit but the movie itself is talk shit yeah there's like if i'm gonna give it a positive i will say that some of the effects are pretty good again good not great um but anytime they did anything with cgi it was terrible like at one point they superimposed bill mosley's face on a baby Oh my god. I, I seriously went like this. Like, the face keeps moving around, even though that baby's head is not moving. Yeah. He's even wearing that fucking American flag bandana. Yeah. Like, the first Ugh. time that he shows up on the plane when he's out on the wing, he's got, like, fatigue, fa- oh, like, war paint on. Yeah. But it was it was so dark the first time I was like, is he in blackface? <laughs> <laughs> like there would be no reason for him to be, but in this movie, who the fuck knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I would I mean like I we already talked about this, but I was seriously just so floored that there was not one but two Asian people willing to be just like like total stereotypes yeah but not not just like i mean they didn't just play like oh i'm asian ha 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 you know that that kind of thing they they like went full bore with it it's just like i mean who who do you think is gonna find this funny aside from like racist assholes yeah I mean, if that's who you're marketing to, then more power to you, I guess. But, um, I was reading through some uh, of the IMDb reviews, and there are some that are very, very positive. 
Really? Yeah, like it has a four overall. But there there was a few that were like, oh my god, like the best horror comedy. Have they seen like other horror comedies? Like any? What uh, one person actually said that no, they have not. <laughs> <laughs> there literally was someone who was like I've never seen a horror comedy before but this was amazing I was like have you seen movies before <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know one I don't of know the what best they, second class they were Hollywood going for. one of the best second class or one of the best of second class Hollywood movies and of course worth watching is that from IMDb yeah like how would you rate this as even second class I mean I just you know me I don't like to just trash independent movies um, but fucking Christ Man, this is bad. Yeah, like this this was hard to watch. It's it's offensive. It's uh you know, it's it's decently made, I guess, for what I assume was a micro budget. Um Yeah, but I mean yeah, that's it's, that, that it's hardly offensive was, and it's not Go ahead. Uh, this day and age like shooting something that looks well or looks nice is not um, as applause worthy as it was 10 even like even 10 years ago um sure let alone you've still 20. Got, you know like trauma putting out stuff that looks like it was filmed with a milk box <laughs> sure <laughs> um, i don't know i just didn't i didn't find the jokes funny um you know at, and you know people who listen to this show they know we're stupid like we like sophomoric humor we like fart jokes we like dick jokes but this is just they have to be jokes they have to, there's got to be something some purpose to it and this is just beat after beat of just dumb joke and offensive joke and bad stereotypes and yeah yeah you can't have somebody just say <clears throat> i shit my pants and think it's going to be funny. <laughs> like, there's got to be some delivery to it. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's a post-credit scene. Did you sting, stick around for that? Fuck no. Yeah. I turned like I turned it off when the credits started rolling. And, like, they're doing kind of like... You know, we talked about Airplane. This was very Zucker Brothers because they're doing, like... Uh, like scenes for each character as they're rolling the credits. Yeah. Um and but I, I turned it off and my wife is like, is it is it over or are you just turning it off? I'm like, I I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> what is the post credit scene? Uh something involving the co pilot. It doesn't say exactly what, but No, oh, who cares? Anyway. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. I don't either. Like, like you were saying, you know, in in today's social climate, just this movie just does not fit in the zeitgeist, in my opinion. It's it's, you know, there's one thing 
to make jokes about stereotypes, but these are just over the top. You know, you've, you've got this rabbi who talks like Woody Allen and does nothing but talk about latkes and brisses and <laughs> and it's just yeah. yeah it's it's just not good I will yeah, say I mean, there's like, a lesbian the, the horror parts of it were, were pretty good like there's a part where somebody gets on fire and that's pretty good like the horror elements are pretty good but they're so few and far between and then everything in between it is just like oh remember this is a stupid goofy uh physical comedy movie yeah yeah that's a good point yeah the horror elements of it were okay but it's uh, for a lot of the movie it's really hard to separate those out from the shitty comedy going on yeah um and it's just like you know i mean you know me i'm a sucker for horror comedies they're like Mm -hmm. my go-to and this like for me to not like 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 for me to not like a horror comedy this much that's saying something yeah <laughs> um but yeah, no, you're guess... right the the horror elements on their own were, were at least halfway decent yeah um there is a lesbian scene with two nuns that's probably the highlight. Yeah. As we get done talking about social climate. <laughs> but, you know, it, in a movie of sophomore humor, you take what you get. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're really into just like gag humor and like really sophomore gag humor and, you know, offensive humor then you may enjoy it. Um, but obviously not for us. Yeah. Um, and it was like the horror and comedy didn't weave well. It was just like, here's a, a really good horror spot and now we're just going to make a really dumb joke about Asians or something. Yeah. Is, you just like undid all that goodwill that you had. I, I yeah, I didn't understand the point. <laughs> anyway, um, trying to decide between a two and a three. I was trying to decide between a one and a two. <laughs> like my instinct is to go one because I, I hated this so much. But there are like there were things that I praised about it, so I I think I'm gonna go two. Yeah. I, I'm trying to justify a three and I just can't do it. <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, let's see. Flight of the Living Dead is uh free on Voodoo with ads. Like, good news, bad news. Uh, like, bad news is that they put the ads in terrible places. Yeah, 
there are parts in movies where there's like a natural break, but that's not where they put them. Yeah. Good news is there's only timer. one. There's only one ad per break. So. Right. Um. Exorcism at sixty thousand feet is you, you have to pay for it. So, you no. know, it's just. I mean. You don't have to take our word for it, but I really recommend that you do. So, <laughs> anyway, all right, that's gonna wrap things up for this episode, guys. Uh, I think it's gonna be a longer one, probably about two and a half hours ish. Yeah. But. Yep. Deal with it. <laughs> um. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode. Um, probably still going to be remote. Yeah, what we have on the docket, I don't know if that's going to work. So, Yeah. Should we even bother saying what it is right now? No, let's just call it TBD. Okay. Well, in two weeks, we'll be talking about movies. Something. So uh, listen up for that, guys. Uh, in the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can rate, review, and subscribe on you know Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, etc., etc. Uh, if you leave us a rating and then send us an email and show some proof, Tony will send you a free magnet. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Instagram and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And of course, if you like what we do and would like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we did last month, uh, May, May was Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. I think this month, uh, in light of the social environment, I think if you make a donation to any kind of um, social justice fund uh, you know NAACP or ACLU or anything of the, of the like to support Minnesota Freedom Fund right now yes um, or I think there's actually even a, a direct fund for George Floyd's family um, there was a GoFundMe yeah. I don't know if it's still up but okay well there are plenty of avenues to explore so if you make any kind of contribution or just do a good thing in your community, then we'll, uh, I'll send you a, a magnet um, for that as well. So, yep. Free stuff, guys. Free stuff. All you got to do is right, just uh, be nice to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Just like do something good for the world and you get something for free. It's not like a, a big, super impressive thing, but that really shouldn't be what drives you to do something good. Yeah. It's just like a small incentive. Anyway, <clears throat> we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks, guys. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. All my bags up.